Welcome back to the only podcast produced by three winners of SEMA's Visitor of the Year Award. (laughs) It is the Check Engine Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We're streaming through anchor.fm slash check engine podcast or anywhere else that podcasts are streamed. Thanks for streaming us all you other spots like Podbean and iTunes and Google Play and Breaker and all the other ones. Um, My name's Nick. I've got the two usual partners in crime with me. Andrew's sitting to my left. Tristan's across the table. Fellas, what's going on? Not a whole lot. I'm I'm reviewing my notes for this episode. We're going to talk about some interesting stuff, I think. We don't have a lot of notes. This one might be a short one. It could be. Which, which is, is fine, because yeah, they've all been long. <laughs> we've gone long a lot Probably lately. refreshing for the listener. Yeah. yeah. So thanks for hanging in there through the marathons, folks. Um, we're not pros. We don't do this for a living. We don't work for car companies, for race teams, media outlets, or technically our own media outlet, I guess. Yeah. Um, but we do have a deep passion for all things automobile and uh, motorsports, and we like to talk about it, and we don't just want to talk about it. We want to hear from you as well. So please... Um, let us know what you like, what you disagree with. Reach out to us. Let us know what you think about the episodes. Um, you can find us. We have our own website. It's checkenginepodcast.com. Um, through there, we have a direct email. It's inbox at checkenginepodcast.com. Um, as everybody is nowadays, we are all over socials as well. Um, you can find us on Facebook at Check Engine Podcast. Like us. If you don't like us, that's cool. You'll probably know someone who likes cars and might be interested. So give us a share, would you? Um, you can tweet with us. We have a Twitter page at Check Engine Pod. Um, if you don't want to tweet at us, you can just follow Andrew as he argues with automotive journalists. That's, That's always right. fun. That's entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> and then we also have an Instagram page as well, also at Check Engine Pod. Um, if you're feeling really generous, we're coming up on holiday season now. We're past Halloween, so we're starting to <laughs> ramp up for Christmas. First week of November. Break out the Christmas sweater. Yes. Um, if you're feeling really generous, you want to give a good... What's wrong with you? <laughs> you want to give us a nice holiday present, uh, you can go support us. Um, on our page on Anchor, anchor.fm slash checkenginepodcast, there is a little button right there. You can click that says support. Um, we also have one at Patreon. It is uh, patreon.com slash checkenginepodcast. Um, anything that goes in there will come back out the other side in better content, better recording equipment, um, making this a better experience for you, the listener. Um, we're not pocketing, pocketing, pocketing any of this. Pocketing. Um, <laughs> it's all going right back into the show. So That's right. thanks um, to our current supporters and everyone absolutely. who's going to come and yeah, get in guys. Come on, get in on this. When this takes off, you can sit back and be like, yeah, I knew it when. That's right. We're not we're not going anywhere. So help us expand. Make the make the brand stronger. <laughs> Let's face it. You can't make us go away. <laughs> so you might as well make us better. <laughs> that's right. You can't beat them. Join them. Right. Exactly. Like a festering wound. <laughs> oh, that's gross. But yeah. So thank you in advance. And yes, as Andrew had mentioned, thank you to the supporters we have already. Um, forever in your debt for choosing to do that for us. Um, Tonight we're going a little bit different. We haven't touched on motorsports in a while, but um, 
Yeah, that's what we're talking about tonight, right, Andrew? Yeah. We're going to wrap up the race season, I guess, or at least the you know the stuff that we've talked about. We've talked IMSA, we've talked NASCAR with Josh Balicki, and uh, we're generally vested in motorsports. It's getting to the end of their season, so we're going to do a little wrap-up. Racing Roundup. I think that's trademarked by somebody else now that I just said it, but um, that's essentially what this episode is going to be. Um, but before we get into that... Um, Fitting now that we're in a racing episode, who's got a couple of pace laps for us? Tristan, you got I have kind of a weird, like, blanket, neat car, (laughs) blanket, neat car news. Um, Okay. Nick, you may or may not have even noticed being at the same place of employment, but it seems like in the past week or two, the, the automotive game in our parking lot has just been stepped up. Like... There are new cars <laughs> coming in and out, and like there's there got to be like six WRXs now. When I bought mine, I knew there were at least two others, and I think two or three more have been added since like I got mine. Like it's just everywhere you turn, it's like oh great, here's the second Alpha, here's you know some guy's new Corvette, here's you know a brand new GTI. You mentioned there was that there's a Navy one. There was a navy blue GTI with, and you know, the GTIs have that red kind of trim like around the headlights and everything. I was going to, you know, like the employee communications page if someone like <laughs> leaves their lights on yeah. with the, and they send out the license plate. Attention employees. <laughs> I was going to do that and say, would the owner of the car with this license plate contact Nick? And then when he does, be like, if you sell that car, you call me first <laughs> 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 because I want it. I love that blue GTI is gorgeous. Yes. So it just seems like all around, like as I, I park my car, I get out, throw my bag over my shoulder, start walking into work. And it's like everywhere you go, left or right, it's like, oh, wow, look, uh, whatever. Look, one of these, one of those. Like it's, there's always something to be commented on. Yeah. Where it seemed like before it was kind of a wasteland of mid-sized sedans. Like, I just remember. Sorry, I just remembered a very odd pace lap that we have to figure out together. Okay, all right. Um, it was like this weird wasteland of mid-sized sedans, and I don't know if that means the company's doing well and people feel comfortable buying fancy cars yeah, or doing whatever okay. it is. But like, it, it just seems all of a sudden it's not like, hey, year-end bonuses and raises, everybody got a new car. It's like, um, end of October, yeah, sure, buy a new car. Like, <laughs> there, there didn't seem to be any association, but any it was just kind of it? a whole flock of neat cars. Every day as I walk in, and it's just a weird thing. I noticed, um, besides that blue GTI, the one that I like double taked at a couple of times in the past couple of weeks is somebody's got it's got to be some senior level C level exec has the a black RS7 hey, yep. that just looks <laughs> evil as fuck. It looks awesome. I stop and take it. RS seven. RS seven. RS. Oh, sorry. RS. I said RX. No, RS. S. S. Sorry. That thing looks evil. But yeah, the the parking lot at our company is getting much more attractive lately. That's good. Weird thing I noticed all of a sudden. So. Um. And you want to go next? You had something queued up, and I've got one last thing that's also odd. So go for it. Just reminded me. Um. Speaking of walking through parking lots, the other day I was walking through the parking lot at some grocery store. Who the hell knows? And I see a like beige Honda Civic coupe. Not particularly notable, except for the fact that standing behind the car or walking behind the car, on the lower right-hand side of the rear bumper, 
is a circular uh, bumper sticker that says on it masturbating and an arrow pointing to the right. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> well, I, I see it as like that. a dirty I'm with stupid shirt. Yeah, or like that would be the, the only reason you'd be going so slow as to let them pass you. Is that, but, uh, is that what we think? I don't, I have no, I have no idea. It's definitely a, a, you know, a swing at whoever is to their right. That's the only thing I can assume. And usually that means in a car, it means, in this country, it means slow people. I suppose. So, what if you're on a country road and you pass a dude in a bicycle? <laughs> well, probably not true, however. <laughs> well, it, I mean, they're, they're all numb anyway. <laughs> they're all numb anyway. All right. Wow. I don't know. I, I, That's a problem. I was very stupefied, basically. By this. I was like, Sounds like it. You're having trouble finding your words right now. Because that seems too obvious. I feel like there's got to be a second layer to this joke, right? I'm not perceptive enough to find it. And if someone's going to put a masturbating sticker on the back of their car, is do they really have another layer? I would hope, because... Jerkoff jokes are kind of funny, but they have to be like coupled with something else. Now that's not enough, you know. It's not enough to get a get a laugh from today's com- comedy audience. <laughs> it's not you, enough to jerk off. You mean <laughs> you mean the jaded youths? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I must be thinking too deep about it. It probably is yep. the stupid passing thing. That's not funny though. I think that's. I honestly think that's what it is. Nah, it's, it's it's a dirty. Mobile version of I'm with stupid. And I didn't, I was too stupid to get it. I was too masturbating to get it. (laughs) (laughs) That was funny. All right. Well, whatever. Yeah. You guys saw that a lot quicker than I thought because I had no answer. I had no answer for that. That's what we're here for, man. Mm -hmm. We're a team. We're here to help. All right. Um, I've got one odd piece, and this was shared a a little while back on our Facebook page, too. It was just a weird article that came up through Road and Track, I mm-hmm. believe it was. Um, so Lewis Hamilton, now a five time Formula One champion. We'll get to the we'll get to that later in the episode. Super famous race car driver, athlete, social influencer, now etc. Fashion designer, etc. Tons of stuff. Tons of stuff. Um, he's got a couple of bulldogs yes. that he is very proud of. He posts about them all the time, talks about them all the time. Apparently, um, his dogs have really good jobs. 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 They're painfully employed. I they're, mean, that's what you want in a dog. They're, yeah. I mean, if I'm going to get a dog, I want a dog like this. That I mean. Gets, that gets paid $700 a day to model. Bullshit. Gunner, you're great, but you got to get a job. $700 a day. <laughs> take Bullshit. Out, take out the weekends that is north of 200 k a year. For that dog to model collars, Jesus, or dog leashes, sunglasses, dog. What, what does a dog even model? Here's here's one thing. doggles. Here's one thing. I love. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dog doggles. <laughs> but here's here's the thing though. Lewis is missing the mark here. You know, dog modeling money. That's cute. The real money is like he needs to he needs to start breeding his bulldogs. Yep. that's where the dog money is. Yep. These is it like horses? Yes. Bread? No, it absolutely yeah. is. Bread from Lewis Hamilton's bulldog. Exactly. Yeah. Five-time world championship 
Dog. Dog. <laughs> Five-time world champion owner. Owner. <laughs> That's a very different breeding service, I think. Yikes. This ah. dog can breed you other dogs that make you $700 a day. <laughs> it's not like Lewis needs the cash, though. No. So, still, yes. that is really interesting. Good foresight for Lewis to be like, oh, yeah, 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 you can, you can use my dog to model collars. Pony up. Pony up. <laughs> bring, bring that cash. He's business savvy. He definitely is. Or he's, he and his people, his yes. management team. Yes. But the way he maneuvers, you got to think that if he didn't know that already, he definitely learned it. Nothing. No, not I'm not knocking Lewis at all. New, Lewis is a savvy mm-hmm. SOB. Um, I'm a fan of his, personally. I just thought it was weird that um, his dog gets, like, that's more than all of us combined. Yeah. By a long shot. A lot. (laughs) (laughs) Good for him. That's cool. I like that. So, go, I don't even know the dog's name. Go Lewis's dog. Good on you. Dog. Good on you, dog. (laughs) All dogs are buddy, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Pupper. Pupper. Any other pace laps or we want to bounce into our year-end wrap-up? Yeah, I think we can go in. Um, Motorsport manhandling. I was trying to find something other whoa, than racing whoa, roundup. Whoa. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to kind of break down key takeaways, um, just kind of happenings over the course of this racing season, um, and then also kind of look ahead, things to expect maybe for uh, for next year. Um, do you guys have a preference on where we start? I think we close with IMSA because we probably have the most to say about that. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that would be right. our... Best discussion, so. Um, I mean, we could probably get F1 out of the way reasonably quickly, simply because not a whole lot's going to change or next year, I don't yeah, there's think. Not, there's not a, well, there, um, yeah, so we'll start with happened in 2018. Um, it actually looked for a little bit like Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes might break a sweat. It did. Um, Ferrari, Ferrari, yeah. Ferrari came out of the gates swinging mm-hmm. um, for m- a good portion, maybe like the first third maybe into the first end of the first half of the season it looked like the ferrari was actually the better car it did for the first time in five years it looked like mercedes wasn't the best car on the grid then the summer break happened and lewis hamilton decided to say yeah i'm lewis hamilton i got this and just rattled off four (laughs) or five consecutive wins built up a point lead that was pretty much insurmountable he locks up the championship with two full races left to go he can just take the rest of the year off does not matter um, it, it's same old story. It, it's just Lewis. Guy is just a. Ever since crazy. he got to Mercedes, well, he was good. He was really he was his first world championship was actually ten years ago, to the day that we're recording this. When he was nice. like what twelve? Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's thirty three. Oh. So when he was twenty three in his second year in Formula One, he won his first championship. Um, and that was with uh, McLaren. Yep. Remember them? They used to have a race team that was good. I remember that. Uh, before Fernando Alonso got there, poor fella. <laughs> well, didn't they used to have, uh, wasn't it livery silver and bright orange? Silver and neon and black, yeah. Yep. Ooh. Vodafone. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Well, first it was West. That's right. Cigarettes. Yes. Tobacco. <laughs> of course. Before that went away. And then they kept the same livery and just dropped Vodafone mm. in there to keep the bright orange. It was really quite nice. It was, it was badass. Um, so <laughs> I love it. So his five <laughs> championships... 
well, technically in 10 years since his first, but he's got five in 11 years of his career. It's almost a 50% hit rate in the top form of motorsports in the world. God, and not just like total race wins, overall championships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the race wins are up there. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Saying, but he like... already passed um, Ayrton Senna for the, for the uh, most right, polls. That's right, he did. And that was a year or two ago already. Yeah. Um, if he stays motivated, which all accounts seem like... Um, there's no reason like he can't be. Yeah. Um, he seems like he's still got the drive because, I mean, at five. Mm. He's his second highest. 71 polls? victories. 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 Only behind Schumacher, who that's has what 91. I'm, that's what I'm getting at. At the way he's winning races, if Mercedes stays on form, you could be looking at him catching Michael in the next four years. 20, so, so by how many races in a the season? There's 20 ish races in a season, depending on what comes and goes. It could be three or four years. Three, like, and it, like, I mean, if Mercedes stays on form, he's won yeah. six, seven races this year or more, mm-hmm. seven or eight. So, Damn. give him another three or four years, we could be talking about Schumacher's records going down. And he's at 36 or 37 years old, so we yep. might have another couple years left at that point. Oh my god! Now he he is a historian of the sport. So he's, he knows his position. Definitely true. Um, is it a motivating factor, though, is the question. Like, oh, does, come on. You think it is? You even think he, he wants to go get it? Even if Because his idol was Senna. That's true. It wasn't Schumacher. He respected Schumacher, but he's always said his idol was Senna. His helmet is yellow with the green. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, modeled think, after Senna's helmet. I think he's competitive enough that he wants to knock Schumacher off the spot. He's competitive. He wants it. I, he might not ever say it, mm-hmm. but yeah, he's got to be gunning for it. He's got to be. I'll bet you he's got that shit marked off on his wall, like a single banner just ticking him T- off. Ticking him off till he Come gets on. to 91. Come on. Some little, like, trophy cups that are all, like, crossed yeah. off. <laughs> Come on. You can see it. Um, <laughs> so it was it was the Lewis and Sebastian Vettel show this year. Um, Red Bull came on. Um, I feel really bad for Daniel Ricciardo. Um, he probably could have had three or four more. I think he had... He had two wins. He won Monaco, which is the crown jewel. Mm-hmm. Could have had three or four more if it wasn't just for a shit engine that Renault puts in the back of that thing. Like, <laughs> that car... He actually said after Mexico, after his eighth DNF, he's like, there's no point in showing up for the last two races. He's like, my car is cursed. That was his actual... He's like, I want to go home. There's no point in showing up. God, that's got to be so frustrating. It's, so, it's got to be so demoralizing, especially like... It's not like... Like, Alonzo also had a lot of DNFs, but his car sucks. Like, he dropped out when he was running 12th and 13th. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Ricardo, and then to an extent Verstappen, too, his teammate, they're, they're dropping out of races, running second, yeah, running third, third. challenging yep. for the lead. It's just like, oh. And then, and then just, <laughs> yeah. Just no power. Just click off. Yep. Like, what the? Oh. Just the worst. You know, what disappointed me about the season, I really did think that Ferrari... With a pretty strong team between Kimi and Sebastian. By the way, everybody's favorite Kimi Raikkonen did get his first win in five years. Yes, he did. He the yes, US he Grand absolutely Prix. did. He, he's everyone's favorite. I think almost because he doesn't win. <laughs> no, because he's because he doesn't care. Right. Yeah. yeah exactly. He's really good and doesn't care. Yep. If he finishes, if he DNFs or if he finishes in first place, his reaction interviews it's, will it's be exactly, exactly the, same. the same. Yeah. Um, although he did say in his. Not the like the podium interview, but like the full presser afterwards. Um, it's fun to prove people wrong. So there right. was a little right. bit of competitive <laughs> drive, but well, I mean, you wouldn't be a race car yeah. driver if you weren't at all competitive. But, but I, yeah. I will say that 
with the changes made to F1 at the beginning of the year, um, regulation-wise and new ownership and all that stuff kind of revitalized the sport, put it back on my radar. And then with Ferrari coming out of the gate strong, I was really... And the late push from Red Bull. The late push see, from Red Bull. Here's, but here's what I'm about to say. Here's yeah. what I'm about to say. It was too, too late. I guess. I never even made it to that point because by the time, just after the break, mm-hmm. it suddenly seemed like every other year for the past 10. Yep. It just, there was like a, I don't even, it's so hard to explain. It was almost like before Lewis pulled away with the championship points lead, you already knew it was going to happen. It, I <laughs> it, was like, it was like that time. It was like, like those, those, you were waiting like, okay, when is Lewis going to yeah, be Lewis? It's like, it's like those, it's like, it's like an American football. It's like, when are the Patriots going to start winning and go to the Super Bowl? Yeah. Like, you know, what's going to happen. Exactly. You know? Week four. Yeah. <laughs> Week four. They go. But uh, it was one of those things where, you know, I'm not a big race watcher, but watching highlights from um, first race after the break was... Um, Spa. Yeah, watching Spa. There was something kind of like, oh, this seems like it's over. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, you know, and it's... He could feel it in his bones. I don't know. It's not like, you know, Lewis was winning by 90 seconds or something like that. It was just kind of like, oh, well, you know, I guess we're done. Right. Um, <laughs> That's it. So... For next year, um, they are making the big regulation change is they are forcing teams to, I guess you can say, dumb down or simplify the front wings, making them less complicated. The idea is we want to make these cars able to run closer to one another without, you know, being affected by dirty air. Mm -hmm. So just they're trying to improve the spectacle of it because let's face it, the best time to watch Formula One is Saturday qualifying when they push for right yeah because on race day they know they can't really get close enough to pass unless they're in the drs zone and the wing opens up and they have less drag actually sorry i finish your point but i'll counter i think they may have actually made a bigger change for next year um right yeah i think i know where you're going with this but i'll let you get to it um normally the only passing opportunity is the drs zones and, and the racetrack drag reduction system for those who aren't familiar um, so what Go teams fast. do, they, they drive to a number, like we have to turn this lap time to preserve the tires for this long, which means we can undercut a guy by this many seconds, and it's all calculated by the engineers, and the drivers are really just watching their dash hitting a number. Mm-hmm. A lot yeah. of the times, it's 75 to 80% of the car's actual capability. And he's making it sound really joyless, and it is. It's, it's joyless. Well, yeah, it's, it's something that... It's very robotic, almost. Oh, yeah. Well, something that actually we were talking about, kind of the... the Esport being a, a joyless sport, it's, it's all the meta. Yeah, they're you're playing to the meta, and you've got these very very skilled people trying to match an engineered plan. Right. I mean, who's, obviously, some like, are slightly better and slightly worse, but like who's, everyone in F one is extremely good. Except you, for Pastor that's how you get there? Right. You know, <laughs> except for Pastor. Yeah. R.I.P. He's not dead. Don't worry. His everyone. career is, but. <laughs> Um, we don't need that Patreon page as Andrew ruins his <laughs> microphone by spitting all over really it. That was really close. But, um, no, the joy in an F1 weekend, and I think for the drivers, too, if you really get down to them being candid and not towing the company line, is Saturday. Yep. One lap, who's the fastest, give it all you got. And hopefully this new wing change will make Sundays a little more interesting. What I was going to say, the bigger I think the bigger change for next year is cutting down on the number of different tires. Aren't they going down to three different tires next year? I actually haven't heard that. That That's was something that I had heard. 
Um, Let me double if check. so, that'd be interesting because that almost gets confusing. Yeah, that's hard to watch. Soft, like, hyper soft, ultra soft, soft <laughs> downy soft, <laughs> say, downy soft, <laughs> triple ply, mega roll. Um, <laughs> like there are six or seven different types of dry weather tire. Yes, and then there's also the wet weather stuff. So, um, do and, they do they have intermediates? They have like six dries, an intermediate, and a wet. Ah, yeah. here we go. Uh, Pirelli F1 boss Mario Sola has confirmed the Formula One will use just the hard, medium, soft compound names for tires in 2019. Perfect. Great. That's still one too many, but... <laughs> I want harder soft. Yeah. What the hell? Um, so maybe that'll... I, I don't know how that's going to help the racing, because um, the way these guys manage the race, they're all one pit stop anyway. Like, it doesn't really affect the strategy, and for those who don't know, F1 cars start with a full race distance worth of fuel. It's illegal to actually fuel the car to pit stop, so the only reason they pit is for tires. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And they can do it, the engineers figure out, it doesn't matter what compounds they have allocated to them for the race weekend, they can figure out a way to, oh, we can do it, if we do this tire, we can do it on one pit stop. Why is that important? Because of 20 plus seconds going down pit lane and getting your tires changed? If you only have to do that once versus twice, that's a big time saver. Especially in F1 where the margins are so small. To clarify what's happening here, and I don't necessarily know how this is a change, they're only changing the naming of the tires. They're only making three available per race. They will name those three soft, medium, and hard. But the number of compounds actually aren't changing. Correct. But they're only making three available per race. Is that different? I guess it would be like, like for no, example, the name part is that there's always been three available per race. Like, gotcha. you're, like you're probably not going to see the downy soft tires <laughs> in like in like Bahrain, where the the, the track is a thousand degrees. Right. It would just turn into ooze. Yeah, <laughs> it's like so they're going to choose the three most compatible, yeah, appropriate tires for oh. an environment, and well, which is what they've been doing. That's on yeah. me. I, I read that wrong. I thought they were going down to three. I th- that would have been great. Because I think there's too many, and there it, are. It really doesn't matter. I say, but now you don't even have to care. You don't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't have to care. It's just it behind t- the scenes. It now, takes whatever. tires entirely off my radar. Yeah, it does. Um, the one other thing I wanted to point out, going for 2019, um, before we move on to something else, is um, the aforementioned Australian Daniel Ricardo being so frustrated with, um, you know, the Red Bull in the car and all that kind of stuff. Back in. August, he made a somewhat shocker announcement that he's leaving Red Bull. Now, he was brought up as a Red Bull junior driver. He was in their system. He's been with Red Bull for as long as he's been a professional in every single category. Mm-hmm. He's breaking the chains, and he's going to run for the Renault factory team. Hmm. Which was a... Hmm. <laughs> exactly. That seems like embedding yourself more with the engines you don't like, but whatever. Also, weren't they just Red Bull, this year? Red Bull is switching to Honda engines next year. So why not stay? Oh, what's going on? He's going to Renault. Does he have a contract with Renault as well? I don't think he did. He does now. Starting, well, well, starting in Gen 1. But right. I th- here's, here's where I think he's going. So Renault... Supplies engines like Mercedes does, Correct. but Renault also has a factory team that he's running for, like Mercedes does. Mm-hmm. Everyone was shocked when Lewis Hamilton left a customer McLaren team for the factory Mercedes team that wasn't running as well. Look what happened. Renault recently jumped back in as a factory. They used to be just an engine supplier. Right. They just jumped in two years ago as a full factory effort. And they're putting full factory resources. They're hiring like crazy. They're bringing in engineers. I think he's playing the long game that Renault, as a factory effort, 
is going to start stepping their game up, and he's going to ride that wave. Okay. I think that's his play. I look forward to it. It would have to be. Yeah. I think it's it would be because I love Danny Ricardo. <laughs> Danny Ricardo's awesome. He's personally my favorite driver. I have no dog in this fight. I just so, think Nick's favorite driver is Nico Hulkenberg. The Incredible Hulk. <laughs> who will be Daniel Ricardo's teammate every yeah, next exactly. year. Hey, hey, hey. Um, and the Hulk. <laughs> Ricardo and the Hulk. So um, watch out for... Sounds like a good buddy cop movie. <laughs> Ricardo and the Hulk. I'd watch that. So, <laughs> but the Hulk would be the dog. So tune into F1 2019. Yeah. And you'll see it. Um, so watch out. We'll see what the new wings have to do with the arrow and will it improve racing on Sundays. How will... Um, Ricardo do at Renault. Does anybody have anything for Lewis Hamilton? Yeah. Um, oh, also, isn't Kimi retiring? No, Kimi's getting replaced. He's getting replaced, just straight up. So, there, so there's essentially... <laughs> oh, that's right, yeah, he's going a, back to... Um, there's a Sauber, yep. which is a Ferrari, I guess, B-team, junior team, mm-hmm. Alfa Romeo That's where Sauber. he started, yep. Um, and... The the young golden boy, twenty year old Charles Leclerc. That's right. Is <laughs> is stepping up from Sauber to Ferrari, so it's essentially just a ride swap. Mm-hmm. But um, so Kimi's still be on the grid. To, uh, yeah, yeah, Kimi's still here. Um, I thought he did say that he was considering it being his last season, though. He's been saying that for <laughs> ten years. He can't quit you. He's but now he is back on the team where he started. Yeah, well, I don't know. Was it 2002 or three? Yeah. Like, it's been a yeah, while. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what Kimi does there. But it's, I think it's all about how, what's Ricardo going to do at Renault? Um, what is, does anybody have anything for Hamilton, Vettel or otherwise? And how are these new front wings going to change the show on Sundays? Mm-hmm. I think those are the three things to watch for next <laughs> Andy, year. we can stop worrying about tires. And stop worrying about tires. <laughs> yeah, apparently. I guess. <laughs> I mean, some competitive. Race day spectacle would be a nice damn change. A lovely change. Yeah. (laughs) Which I think leads into the next series we can talk about, which has probably the most competitive Sundays that nobody knows about, um, relatively speaking, that's IndyCar. I, you know. See, exactly. Nobody knows. You're the the expert here. Um, Truly. IndyCar came out this year with a brand new aero kit. Um, they chose to make it a little more retro looking like the heyday of the mid nineties, which I did enjoy the, the arrow kit or the heyday of the mid nineties, the arrow kit. <laughs> yeah. Cause I didn't watch any card ever, including now. <laughs> <laughs> um, IndyCar, I think got it right in a lot of ways with this arrow kit. Um, the road course racing, which a lot of in a lot of ways was kind of like F1 with the old aero kit is was now wild like <laughs> the the tight confines of mid ohio had over 180 passes for position with no yellow so it wasn't like they kept bunching the field oh, up wow that's quite nice so i mean it was a legit race from start to finish now were they all passes for the lead no of course not um but they were all excitement either way yeah, though passes are passes they were all passes for position like people were going at one another not just riding around waiting for a pit stop for an undercut. Mm-hmm. Um, the the ovals they still need to tweak a little bit, and, and I, they're they're making some changes to the front wings, like Formula One is, to try to improve the oval spectacle a bit. Indy got a bit trainish, um, with the exception of Alex Rossi putting on a, a magnificent show, going from thirty <laughs> first to third or thirty second to third. Spectacle. Um, he was just tearing it up. Um, 
Scott Dixon, you might have heard of him. Um, we've talked about him a couple of times. <laughs> you know, friend of the podcast. <laughs> he should be. That's right. Um, talk about five-time champions. He also picked up championship number five this year. Mm-hmm. Um, second on the all-time win list, much like Lewis. I was like going to say. He's, I don't know if he can. No, he's third. He hasn't caught Mario yet. He's third. I thought time. he was reasonably close. He's close. He can catch Mario next re- season. It might be a stretch. If he's lucky. Relatively quick. Yeah. Um, but isn't the number one there just like... That's not going to happen. Yeah, it's never. It, um, if Dixon was maybe four or five years younger, might be a... But yeah, it's not. he's not going to get A.J. Foyt. He's going to race until he's 80. Yeah, he's going to try, though. Um, so, but it was a championship that came down to the wire, as it always does. It comes down to the last race. Um, the second to last race in Portland, like, they have those points as they run things. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> like, in that race, Dixon went, so I don't know if you guys saw this. The opening lap, there was a there was a crash, like a four or five car crash. And Dixon was right in the middle Wait, of it. Wait, I did see this. Like, he slid... And, like, on the onboard camera, all you see is dust. Like, <laughs> it's like he's driving through... What do they call that out west? A haboob? Like, the the, the, the dust devil... <laughs> yes. Tornado things? Like, just dove straight into it. Car spinning in front of him. Drives into this dust. The dust clears. And he has zero damage to his car somehow. <laughs> no one touched him. He drove out, changed his front wing, still came back to finish fifth. Yep. Um, he went at the start of that race, he was like 18 points up. And then he was like 30 points down. <laughs> and then he was like 12 points up. And then he was like six points down. And then he finished it like somehow extending his points lead to like 35 points. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? How does this happen? Um it just it was a crazy last few weeks of the season, and uh, it gives me. And that was year one with this aerial kit. Like they can still dial it in. And so that, that's what excites me so much. They're not making any aero changes for next year. Not for road courses. Uh, what are they doing on the oval? Or well, I mean, you know, after Wiccan's accident. Yeah, that's Wiccan's accident is kind of a fluke thing, unfortunately. Like the. That has nothing to do he with He got arrow. launched, didn't he? Yeah, he got launched yeah. over there on the top of him. That has nothing really to do with Arrow. Right. Um, it wasn't like he just decided to suddenly become an airplane. Right. Yeah. Which It wasn't like he just spun and lifted. Like, he actually yeah. hit something else that launched mm-hmm. him. So, um, unfortunate for him. Um, and that was my next point I was going to make about this season was the rookie class. Like, a wave of new talent coming in. Like, Dixon's won five championships. Will Power's been there a long time. Ryan Hunter-Ray's been there. Like, there's been mm-hmm. kind of... They're not old people. Well, but no, like, they're, they've the been racing so long that I've heard of them. The old guard, you can say, right? Um, they've got some challengers now. New Garden's already got one championship. Alexander Rossi has proved that he is going to be a badass for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, Wickens, until his accident, was a revelation. The guy who raced... He came up did some junior open wheel stuff, but he was racing sports cars. Like his first IndyCar start at St. Petersburg in March was his first race in an open cockpit car in like eight years. (laughs) And he qualified first and was leading until the second to last lap when he got taken out. Like he almost won his first start. Yeah. And he proved it wasn't a fluke. He almost won his first oval. He finished second, his first oval he's ever raced in his life. Um, And there is an art form to it. And we can get into that another time it's not just turning left there's a right, special clearly. discipline required um it's special turning left but it, it wasn't just him he he led the group right but you had um mateus laced 19 year old kid from brazil come out and um 
you know, qualify in the top three or four in his first race. And he's on a team that's kind of rebuilding and struggling. So he didn't have, he had flashes. You had Jordan King, who was a road course only guy who would come in and consistently qualify in the top 10. First time racing in the series. Um, after he won the Indy Lights Championship, um, Pato Award, Patrizio Award, 19 years old, hops into an Indy car for the first time 19. in Sonoma, qualifies fifth, finishes ninth. Like, and he's coming on full-time next year. So next year, you've got Award coming in full-time as at the ancient age of 20. You've got, you've got um, Scott Dixon's new teammate is Felix Rosenquist, who may not be known to too many people, but he's run FIAWEC Endurance. He's run um, Formula E for a few years, won races there. He's got over 50 wins in junior formula categories all over the world. He mm-hmm. ran Indy Lights as a partial season. He ran like eight races a couple years ago, won half of them. Like, the guy's a stud. He's going to be Dixon's teammate next year. So a good car, a Ganassi car. Yeah. Um, Marcus Erickson, who's been running Formula One for the last five years, just announced he's coming over. Wow. Um, so as good as the rookie class was this year, next year might even be better. Plus, you've got Rossi. You've got Newgarden. You've got all these young... Graham Rahal's always going to be there. You've got these younger kids who are awesome. It, it this, The field, the, the talent pool is so... Good. Oh, and they're racing at Coda next year for the first time. They're running the Formula One track <laughs> well, that's in Austin. Pretty cool. Yeah, they just tested there and rave reviews. How much of the full track is the F1 track? All of it? They're running the whole F1 okay. track. Yeah. All three point whatever seven miles, just like we saw with the WEC. Yeah. Is car count going to go up for next year? Looking that way, um, slightly. A lot of it is there's still there might be some last minute deals or like a team runs full time, but they'll run multiple drivers depending sure. on who can pay for what some of the smaller budget teams, looking like a full car count of, I want to say, 24 to 25 sure. on a weekly basis. Um, some teams expanding from one car to two, teams wanting to go from two to three. Um, even the teams that are running part-time, like uh, Mike Shank ran six races this year. They're going to run 10 next year. So um, increased car count, improved aero, great rookie class, Good young guns against guys like the Dixons and the Powers and the Stalwarts of the series. It's going to be a phenomenal 2019 year in IndyCar. So you're saying you got to watch Indy. you got If you're going to watch one <laughs> series next year, tune into Indy. And full-time on NBC next year. Yes. Not, oh, that's pretty cool. Not just not ABC who doesn't give a shit. <laughs> so NBC, they get motorsports. They know how to cover it. They know how to promote it. All true. Looking up for IndyCar like it has been for the past few years, but yes. it's, it, trajectory is still up. Super excited. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. I could watch that. It sounds t- interesting. Tune in you to an IndyCar race. very interesting. Tune in to an IndyCar race with me, Andrew. Or go to one with me. Go <laughs> to go. America with me next year. I'll think about it. Yeah, let's do it. Um, what's next? NASCAR? NASCAR. Is there much? <laughs> well, they're still racing. Yeah, dude. Well, I'm, saying, I know, I'm saying, but like, they're, like they're, changes. Their and... changes for next year are a little bit crazy. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, as we're recording this, they're on their third to last race weekend. So after this, they got two more. They're in the midst of the uh, of their playoffs. Um, I, I, Don't talk about playoffs. Playoffs. Um, NASCAR this year was all about three people, which I think was it's kind of funny that you know a lot of people who watch NASCAR bash on Formula One 
and all these other series because like there's only you know there's just gonna be like one or two drivers that are gonna win every week i like nascar because of the competition well mm-hmm. kevin harvick martin truex jr and kyle bush combined to win like 18 of the 34 races so far there's 40 cars that start each race and three guys won half the races like it's 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 really not any different um like i can tune in at any point it's like those three are in the top five doesn't matter what track it is and that's fine they got it dialed in great teams super talented drivers cool so i I don't have a problem with with that part of it you know if you want to beat them Work on your shit. Be better. Yeah, sucks to get, suck. Get good. Get better. <laughs> As I was told once. But <laughs> but I just I just find that kind of funny how people who shit on F1 because, oh, there's only a couple people who can win and then turn around and watch NASCAR where only a couple people win. Yeah. Um, but a lot of changes this year. Um, they ran a road course oval combo. The Roval. The Roval in Charlotte, which was a shit show. God, it was so bad. <laughs> it was, I mean, it was like mindless entertainment shit show bad. Um, it, was, it was bad. You know what's so But you know what? It was a success commercially. It got eyeballs. They're all about doing it again, and they're talking about possibly doing that at other tracks now. What was weird to me about that race is that, well, obviously following Josh, on that same track the day before... They didn't wreck 80% of the cars, mm-hmm. but they did in Monster. <laughs> yeah, the big series. It, it's just really weird. It's crazy. It was Actually, they announced the changes for next year after that race. Yes, they did, and Andrew has them queued up. I do. I, I'm trying to avoid just reading this whole ESPN article, but here's the, here's the big change here. So currently, uh, cup cars, like Josh talked about when he was on the show target of about 750 horsepower they're lowering that at 21 races next year to 550 which is just i think 25 more than the cars in xfinity i think it's less i think it's less at all ovals larger than 1.2 miles starting after daytona 500 so um, daytona is gonna be the basic restrictor plate package like they've had forever right so they're I mean, they're fundamentally axing all of the top-end speed off of the cars for most of the races in the season. Mm-hmm. And they're doing a lot with the aero as well. They are changing a bunch of the aero, you know, without getting into the boring details of this. They're changing the front splitter. They're changing the aero hole. And they're changing... <laughs> <laughs> that's a real thing. And they're changing the uh, rear spoiler increasing. What? More drag. Yeah. More downforce. Mm-hmm. Less top speed. They're slowing them up. Safer. Well, here's the thing. They're, they're, the they're spo- doing... Sorry. The, the spoiler increase is hilarious. The spoiler will also increase for all races from 2.375 inches. Because NASCAR, and you can't measure it in something logical like millimeters. Just wait. <laughs> 2.375 inches. I'm. This is non-exaggeration. To eight inches what holy god they're putting the, the my size notebook. of this paper they're putting my notebook on the on the trunks my god I wonder if i can get one of those for my car i mean <laughs> it's it could why don't they just put a top fuel dragster wig on the back that's what i'm saying nascar <laughs> monster energy and i don't know that nothing in here about changes to xfinity yep i but, as far as i know xfinity and trucks are both status quo yeah but th- this could fundamentally 
it, I mean, uh, there's change isn't isn't a strong enough word. This could completely unbalance how NASCAR's been running for how long? Uh, well, I mean, they they the way they change rules really hasn't been that long. Um, there, the one thing I will give credit to for NASCAR officials, higher ups, they're always trying to figure out ways. They're always changing something. They, like went, just, they went manic this time. Right. Just when people get comfortable <laughs> with stuff, after a year or two, all right, we're going to switch it up on you. Yeah. Um, I think it, it does help because there's the element of the unknown, like who's going to get it right first. Um, yeah. it, so there's that, like you literally go, the, that first race, so it's going to be Atlanta mm-hmm. next February, after they tell me, I think they go to Atlanta, where these rules are going to take effect. Everybody has a completely clean notebook. Like no one's going to have any freaking idea what's going to happen. Everyone's going to try different stuff, which is going right. to be really interesting to see right at the beginning. Right, and that's where the teammates come into effect. Like, if you run a three- or four-car team, you can go out and practice and say, okay, you try this, you mm-hmm. try this, you we'll, try C. We'll figure out what you happens. You try D afterwards, we'll debrief and see which one seemed to work the best. We'll yeah. check the times, check the traces and all that kind of stuff on the data. So I'm still just horrified by that change in the rear wing. That's huge. That's yeah. so different. Right, and one thing you... I don't know if you passed over it or didn't mention it in there, but another in Daytona and all the Daytona and Talladega, they run the restrictor plates on the um, cars to slow them down mm-hmm. because they don't want cars going through the fence. And what that does is it leads to that pack racing, that really tight, like you guys saw when we watched the Xfinity at Daytona where they're yeah. just all on top of one another. Yes. So when one guy spins out, 90,000 90, of them wreck. There's only 40 cars, but 90,000 somehow crash. Right. Um, after Daytona next year, so the second Daytona race and both Talladega races, they're taking the restrictor plates off. Yes, that's in here too. Which means, well, you would fir- at first thought you think, oh man, they're going to go like 230 some miles an hour. They're going to just be freaking missiles. But they're changing the arrow mm-hmm. in a and way that's going to keep them packed up and keep them and the slower. Long- the long ovals are the ones getting the horsepower reduction also, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so they're cha- the, the interest- 200 horsepower, re- I mean. The, the, why even bother building an engine to that other spec then? Like, well, one doesn't... of the other announcements was that they're hoping that they'll see engines last 13 races. Oh, so it's, they, they want it to be like a cost reduction. Yep. But we're and, still going to run green-white checkers and let and everybody crash everyone and, and, and write off cars. Well, a weird, you know, because a weird that makes thing. sense. <coughs> I just um, want to pull this up of the article here. A very weird. I just want the, the the point I want to make here on the on the um, the lack the the taking away the restrictor plates, but they increased the arrow. Their quote was to keep the pack racing that everybody knows and loves. It's like there's not a lot of people who like that. Drivers hate it because they can't do anything. It's a 180 mile hour traffic jam. You can't move. And if somebody wrecks, you're going to be in it. Oh, yeah. There's nowhere to go. Nobody likes Teams it. Teams hate it because that owner knows, the team owner knows, even if they own three or four cars, I'm going to lose money this weekend because two or three of my four are going to crash. Like, we're going to write off a bunch of equipment here. Like, no one really likes it that much. It's kind of exciting at the end of races when they're all packed up. There might be a photo finish. But there's going to be carnage too, and, and yeah, I don't like the, for them to say that. Like everybody knows and loves it. Like, who are you talking to? <laughs> here's who. The, here's who they're talking to. This is so interesting. The, this, Fans from Alabama. And we're at no, no. we're at 48 minutes, and we haven't hit IMSA yet. All right. So, just hey, as man. a heads up, <laughs> that happens. Um, so they they there are quotes in here from someone named O'Donnell, but no first name is given. Okay. NASCAR O'Donnell. 
<laughs> said, quote, uh, well, he's talking about the, uh, the development of the rules package. A lot of it is going to be based on new technology in the car, and a lot of it is going to be based on efficiencies for owners, the OEMs, putting an engine from a horsepower level that can be more relevant in the future. And this is key to me. This blows my mind. And can attract new OEMs. So they want to bring somebody besides Toyota, Chevy, and Ford. Here's, I mean, realistically, think about it this way. If I'm Hyundai, I'm launching a luxury brand that happens to have V8s. <coughs> Genesis. I'm going to say, what if Genesis NASCAR in the next couple of years? Because 550 horsepower, well... Numerically, is a lot different from 750 horsepower. And you I don't can say see how oh, new OEMs trying to break into a sport, trying to create a, an American cultural consciousness, which we've already talked about. Mm-hmm. It used to be people would scoff if you bought a Toyota. No one scoffs if you buy a Toyota in America now, ever, because they joined NASCAR. You know, I, I'll make that claim. I mm-hmm. think that's realistic. I don't disagree. Uh, yeah, I'm just saying that that could be a possibility. Or maybe it's not Hyundai. Maybe it's. Uh, God, who would would a German manufacturer come in? I, yeah, I was gonna I mean, say. Would you would, see like a VW, like a BMW or something come in? I don't run know. the five series. Oh God, can you imagine? Oh, that's bizarre. That's like, almost I, too bizarre to think about. Yeah, like, I don't know. Maybe maybe they're trying to lure FCA back in and get a Challenger FCA? back. FCA, I could see that. Well, well they they ran it for a while and they took it out. A Charger, maybe, maybe a Charger. Chargers, probably Charger. Maybe Charger. Um, yeah, I mean. It's very interesting to me that someone from NASCAR would talk about attracting new OEMs. That's not something I ever think about them considering. Right. <laughs> just, you know, they seemed like they were pretty content with just the three. Another small, not small, but just a side note, Ford is running now the Mustang body instead of the Fusion. Correct. Yes, because so they're muscle not cars. anymore. Yeah, yeah they don't make the Fusion anymore. Yeah, so yeah Challenger or, you know, whatever. I, I'm very interested to see what this does to NASCAR racing because yes, drivers hate the pack, team owners hate the pack. Fans in the stands tend to like it. Fans tend tend to like it. NASCAR at least seems to say that teams like it. And <laughs> I ask an owner who's got a they don't six hundred yeah. grand on a weekend because damages like I, I don't know. think so. There's just a little disconnect there. Uh, obviously NASCAR knows the real opinions of the teams. If they attract new OEMs, that could actually increase my interest in NASCAR because I don't have a dog in the fight, brand allegiance wise. Right. And new blood's always exciting. Yes. Yeah, that would be that would be very interesting to see. Um, I've never really known NASCAR to have more than I think four was four the four is probably the top. Yeah. Um, so one more would be four. Maybe they get five. I don't know. We'll see. That could be so. Man, Isn't, that's going to be a couple years down the road, though. That's not going to... Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. <clears throat> if this rules package works, you know, it's all dependent. But my, my point in bringing that up is that they're targeting it. Just imagine an Audi racing alongside. I mean, there's no way. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I won't, and you can't make me. I, you can't. <laughs> this is Tristan's answer to my Corvette fight. What about, a, mid- mid- Corvette. What about a Porsche? No, can't happen. If they wanted to market the Panamera, the Panamera, <laughs> bro, that's exactly uh, what I was gonna say. You no, just, they would never. No. A bunch of people I, I, in Germany just shivered, and they didn't know why. Hold on, <laughs> Toyota brought the Supra. That's all I'm saying. Toyota brought the Supra. All bets are off now. Mm-hmm. But they were already there. 
Toyota's already in the sport. They just changed the they model. They chose to model their new sports car. Yeah, you think they would have kept the Camry, but yeah, whatever. Doesn't matter. They anyway. Ugly car. <laughs> it's so ugly. <laughs> it's going to be an ugly car. It's going to be so ugly. Um, so yeah, it's NASCAR, huge rule changes coming next year. Let's see what it does for the racing. Let's see if it draws any interest from OEMs. I really want to get Josh on the show to talk about this and about IMSA as well. Yeah. So, Which leads us into IMSA. Yeah. Let's wrap up with... Now, there are more than four made, four racing series out there, folks. If we didn't touch on yours, that's fine. We do try to contain ourselves time-wise. A little. So there's, you know, club racing. There's Pirelli World Challenge. There's um, ARCA. There's a whole bunch of other stuff. NHRA drag racing. There's a whole bunch of other stuff. I'll Dirt. be the one to say, this is the only racing we care about, and drag racing is not racing. <laughs> Collectively, <laughs> as a podcast, IMSA is our favorite. Yes. Yes. Um, this season was dominated by, although the in the top class, in the top category, in the prototype class, Core Autosport with a n- completely privateer entry, less funded LMP2 spec car, put up a pretty good fight. Yeah. Season there's... was dominated again by Cadillac, yep. by yeah. DPI. Yeah, DPI. Um, and I want to bring up this note about Action Express, who won the championship again this year, is that Whelan car. Yes. Uh, with Eric Curran and Felipe Nasser driving. And they're coming back for next year. Um, Curran is actually stepping out to just endurance. Oh, really? And Pipo Durrani, mm-hmm. who ran that Patron Nissan, who I talked to on the wall at Mid-Ohio, yeah. is jumping in to the Whelan Cadillac oh, That's pretty year. cool. Look out. That's pretty that cool. That dude was fast enough in the Nissan. That's scary for everybody else. Yeah. Um... But I just this Action Express, they run the 5 car and the 31 wheeling car. Since IMSA came to its current configuration in 2014, so five full seasons, they have the full season championship and the endurance championship for those four races. So essentially two championships a year. per year. Yep. <laughs> so ten championships in the last five years. Action Express has won nine of them. Yeah. Nobody is talking about that. That team is the Patriots. But here's the thing. <laughs> That's so weird about it. I was just reading, I just saw it come up on, uh, maybe Facebook was, IMSA.com. Action Express was not a lock to come back next year. They have now been confirmed. Despite their success. Yeah, yeah but they, they were, they were th- I don't, well, what is it really? You know, unless a contract signed, obviously you can't announce it. Mm-hmm. it. I don't know if they weren't thinking about coming back, but it was news that they did re-sign to come back. Right. They were the Whelan and the Mustang Sampling car? Mustang yes. Sampling yeah, number correct. five. Yep. Yeah, so nine out of ten championships since IMSA has been formed. Damn, that's a record. That's crazy. A 90% hit rate on championships. <laughs> Deeply impressive. <laughs> crazy impressive. Um, Actually, the, oh. there's an interesting point. Cause we, you know, we talk about winning consistently being boring with uh, Lewis. I mean, it doesn't but get they, any more consistent than like, that. They did it. But it's not like they were winning every single week and dominating every single week. Very true. The competition was so much tighter. They did it by consistency. If they didn't win, they were second, second and third. third. Yeah. They weren't getting yeah. a lot of DNFs, not a lot of stupid mistakes in the pits. A mm-hmm. um, little bit of luck with you know, no mechanical failures. They were, playing the, the, they, were, they were kind of playing the racing equivalent of small ball baseball. Mm-hmm. Right. Base yeah. hits. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Base hits, get on base, and see what happens. Um, that was actually, there was an article, the team manager was talking about this, and he's like, the whole thing is keeping it simple and not trying to outdo it. He said, if we have a car that's good enough for fourth, 
I expect you to finish fourth. Mm-hmm. I don't expect you to finish third or second or first or worse yet, wreck going for something. Trying you, to go, outdo yourself. Right. Going for something you can't get. <laughs> if you have fourth, let's take fourth take and, and get run. out of here and go. Yeah. Go on to the next week. And that formula obviously works. Yeah. <laughs> um, for next year, they are splitting the prototype category. So, Right, yeah. This got very confusing for me because I it was kind of this weird United class. It was a United class... The DPI portion of it was manufacturer-backed. Yep. The prototype, or P2 portion, was completely privateer. Mm-hmm. And they did the balance of performance down... They basically dumbed the DPIs down to match the pace of the, pro, the P2 prototypes. <laughs> it didn't really work. <laughs> Not for a while. They, it, they, towards the end of this year, they caught up. Like mm-hmm. I said, the core team gave everybody a run for its money. But... The, the push from the DPI team owners, which I agree with, is why have the manufacturers spending all this money to make a car that does this type of performance only to strangle them? Just right. let them race, please. Um, why have us spend all the money to buy, you know, buy these professional top-of-the-line drivers when we have to race with teams that oftentimes are pro-am? Yep. So what the, essentially what they're doing is splitting them up into a full pro category with the DPIs. So... Top-of-the-line drivers, full manufacturer support. Now, it's not going to be crazy difference in speed. They're thinking maybe, depending on the track, like two to three seconds per lap. It's not big. Sure. But... Well, in endurance racing, that's plenty. Yeah, letting to... Let the DPIs (laughs) run their own race. And if you have a P2, a worldwide spec P2 prototype, pro-am category like it is all over the world, Mm -hmm. and run your own race. I, I like it. It doesn't seem like the car count is changing much right. i don't think we're gonna suffer for that in fact i think actually the jdc miller guys are moving up yep i was gonna say well that's where yeah. i was going with that is there i think you're gonna see interest from really good um privateer high class gt racing to potentially move into the lmp2 class cars it's a worldwide spec yeah. that's because what, it's that's a world, what's happening because it's a worldwide spec and they're gonna have a chance to be competitive because although they finally started catching up it was like well, I've got an LMP2 car, so I'm not going to beat any of those DPIs. It wasn't worth it. But now with their own race, their own set of standings separate from the DPIs and the international platform, I think you're going to see people kind of gobble that up. But And here's the trickle-down effect. So JDC Miller runs the famous Banana Boat and the yes. equally as famous Red Dragon. <laughs> so they're running Corvette, or I'm sorry, Cadillac DPIs next year. Which means that they have two... P2 Oricas to sell. <laughs> Which And what I've heard is that there's interest not just from GT teams in the top IMSA class, but like the GT, the GS class, the GT4 cars from the Conti series are looking right. to, because of the Pro-Am status, mm-hmm. the, G, the Conti series is all Pro-Am. Right. So we've got a Pro-Am lineup. There's a car for sale. Here's an opportunity to step up. It's a used car, so we're not going to pay like it is new. Um, so I think you're going to see, it's going to be like people moving up the ladder. Yeah. You get the top billing, you get to, you know, you get Absolutely. that premier slots. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think it's gonna be fun. Um, for me, anything that in, in multi-class racing, anything that multis more classes, I'm, <laughs> multis uh, more for I, I, I'm all, I'm all about it because that causes the interesting things that happen in multi-class racing. Yeah. The so. GT side of it, 
not a lot of change. No, um, pretty similar. GTLM, two Fords, two Corvettes, two Porsches, two BMWs, and the Risi Ferrari when they can. Say most of the time. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. Um, GTD, you're going to see some new new versions of cars. Yes. The Audi R8. Evo is coming out. Looks great. Looks awesome. Finally. The Finally. Acura NSX. Mm. Evo. So yeah, I love so I love the R8 as a street car. The race cars always look weird to me, and now it looks now great. It now looks, looks great. Excellent. Yeah, yep. The thing I want to touch on for GTD, and we posted a, um, we we shared a post on our Facebook page, the all woman lineup that's coming that's next year. That's pretty cool. Yes. Um, Catherine Leg is one of the full time drivers. I Woo. forget her first name. It is something Heinricher is going to be the AM with Catherine. And then Simona Di Silvestro, who used to run IndyCar full time, is going to be one of the endurance drivers. Isn't uh, isn't she currently in Aussie? Aussie Supercars yeah. is her full time gig, yep. mm-hmm. but she's going to run the endurance races. And so is another former open wheeler, Anna Beatrice from Brazil. So four women piloting this car over That's the course dope. of 2019 in an Acura um, Evo. So. Really, something cool to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, Catherine Leg was good. She almost in that won the car. championship. She was yeah. mega in that car. IMSA is one of, I'm not saying the other series are closed to it, but there seems to be more opportunities, both in engineering, in mechanics, and, and in driving for women in IMSA. Christina Nielsen won two championships. She's yep. still going to be back in a Porsche. And now you've got a full time women's lineup with Catherine Leg, who almost won a championship this year. Like, Super cool to see. Yeah. It's really good. And then we've got Conti Series, which is not going to be Conti Series anymore. <laughs> IMSA Michelin Pilot Sport. You're not saying it right. Michelin. 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 I, uh, I, I got Mich- the, Michelins. the interior race line from uh, Josh, who was tweeting about this yeah. three weeks ago. Um, well, obviously, he raced in Conti, so he just sent a tweet out after the final race. Just finished watching the final ever at Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge Race on IMSA TV. Thank you, all caps, Continental Tire, for all you've done for our sport. Although my time was short in the series, I enjoyed the racing and the atmosphere. And, you know, a couple pictures of him racing in the... No big deal. Not that big a deal. You know, as you do. I I think he may have caused a slight panic amongst his followers. I certainly was like, what? He said, the series is not shutting down. However, next year it will be called the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge. There will be no... ST class. So the lower classes disappearing. The the ST class this year was a transitional year because they brought in TCR. Yes. The Conti series now the Michelin Cup has always normally been a two class series. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the top class, which is the GT4 spec, worldwide spec, GS category stays yep. the same. ST category goes away and those teams either need to purchase a TCR or a GS or a GT4 car if they want to compete. Is TCR worldwide spec? Yes. Yes, that's what I thought. Um, the downside of that, no more minis. No pour, more minis. Pour one out for the minis. No more uh, weird Nissan Altimas. Right. Um, you know, it's it takes a it's little. A, it's a spice. blessing because the uh, the uh, no more Hyundai RS the uh, non TCR. RS3s or S3s are, are going because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that, that was miserable. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. Uh, that was not great. No. <laughs> but Mini did end on a high. They did. They, they closed went out, out with this a year, bang. A manufacturer's <laughs> championship. And 
it's it's they didn't win a lot. <laughs> <laughs> let me, but let they, me tell you. <laughs> but they were but there was three of them racing against one BMW they and finished one Porsche. Lot. They finished a lot and it was essentially Which, death by a thousand minis. <laughs> yep. Which they it, just swarmed the, up on. And them. the fact that they finished a lot says something because they don't they don't always finish. <laughs> they don't always finish. So this God. year I'm gonna miss the I mean, on most of these tracks those cars had to be on three or fewer wheels through almost every corner. Yes, and like we There were ping pong balls. It was yeah. great. And you talk about like you know, fan off, favorite like, too. Envelope of performance. Like <laughs> they steamed the envelope, lifted the flap, and then they were out on the edge of the flap. Yeah, like was... they were they were just like so wired the entire time. I always you imagine to... the ride. It must be shocking. It was appalling. <laughs> yeah. Shout out really to the drivers because yes. just to be within shouting distance of their competition, they had to drive over the limit 150% of the time. Of the time. Oh, always, yeah. always. It was fantastic to watch those guys. I wish I, had, Mini. I wish I had more footage of them I had recorded so Me I can too. put together a, like a tribute video. No, 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 it's all in my head. <laughs> yeah. Slow motion, black and white skidding across Canadian tire. Mm-hmm. Where he down. almost wrecked, saved it, and then wrecked anyway. Yep. <laughs> Coming down into turn five of Road America. Up on three wheels. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. It's, uh, the images will never die. They will we not. We will miss you, Minnie. And really, though, to echo Josh's sentiment, Continental did a ton for that sport. They did. Yeah. I mean, the activation they had every single weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, the big tents. The free swag, the <laughs> the tire, the public the... relations. Even though I shit all over them, they did it big. In quotes. They did it big. Um, you the know, giant they didn't, tire they... arch that traps you in the parking lot. Yeah, they, <laughs> they got to that. And it wasn't just the Continental Tire Series. The the big IMSA series, th- the two of the three classes ran, ran Continental all tires. spec Continental Tire. Yep. So um, they. We really, the entire sport raced on Conti's for the better part of a decade. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, thanks to Continental for doing And apparently they their leaving wasn't really their choice. That's That was the rumor that I heard as well. I'm going to um, throw it out there. It I'm going to go beyond rumor. It's Scott Atherton's all buddy-buddy with Michelin, and that's what he wanted, and he finally got the contract to end. Mm-hmm. And I'm not shitting on Scott Atherton at all because he is a badass president of a series. Yeah, he's done a lot for the series. If you know people, you know people. Well, he he was big with Michelin when he was running the ALMS back during the split. That's what I'm saying. When you, hey, it's business. Yep, he's he's got people. He's got people. um, Just like Nick. He knows a guy. (laughs) (laughs) So I will um, say this. I mean, two years ago when we snuck in slash went into that press conference about the announcement for the TCR class. It was billed as a, because it was international standard, because so many manufacturers already produced TCR chassis cars, it was billed as something that would be uh, very attractive for new teams, and, and it just didn't work out like that last year. It was year. essentially an Audi spec class, but there was... Yeah, a, it was all RS3 TCR cars and yeah. a one GTI. And one GTI. <laughs> one GTI. Um, well, yeah, they're open to all those manufacturers. Mm-hmm. Who wants to bring a car in? I know. I, I just want it. They I, run other... Pl- Alfa Romeo ran one in Pirelli World Challenge. So did Hyundai with the Hyundai N. Hyundai ran them. Oh, God. The I TCR. Just, also, I, our, our pal Ryan Eversley won the championship in a TCR. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, a, in a, a Type in R. A, yeah, type R type TCR. R. So, I need the Hyundais. I need them. 
I would almost want to see the Type R's, the Civic R's. That too. I Bring mean, them all. What the hell? I want to see all of them. Yeah. The more, the merrier. And I think there's an opportunity for like the team who ran the mini program. They're looking for a manufacturer to align with. Mm-hmm. Who's to keep Honda or Hyundai or someone from saying, hey, we'll give you some engineering support. We'll give you some of this. this thing, you know, you know? What, what gets me about the TCR announcement now in hindsight, seeing how the class has spread itself out, yes, it is technically possible for Hyundai to bring their TCR car into IMSA. Mm-hmm. They will never do that because they don't sell the I-30 here. Then why do they run them in Pirelli? Because that's international. They sell the I-30 in every other country. Here is the Elantra GT. And, well, you know, not to go on a Hyundai tangent here, but uh, they are releasing the Veloster N, which is the American equivalent of the I-30N, which races, but they don't have a TCR chassis for that. All they need to do is build the body, but you didn't hear that here. <laughs> hint, hint. I don't know. I, I just want more diversity. <coughs> I want more excitement, and I want to be able to, you know, have a, a rooting interest, selfishly. In the TCR class. Uh-huh. I'd take Honda. I'd the and, and the... I mean, I'm well-founded. I've got Audi and Volkswagen. Exactly. Yeah, he's, he's, he's in. And the racing there is always good. Um, <laughs> the, the GS category is bonkers. I, that's always been, I've always said, that's my favorite race of the weekend. Yeah. Yep. So, um, more to see there. We've got to determine, I don't know if we can do it on this episode, we're probably short on time, but we've got to determine where our race, where our traveling race is going to be next year. We could, Maybe we should put up as a poll. Maybe we should. We could go to a, we're kind of out of close by. We either have to go. We have to. We have to go west. We gotta go west or way east or south. I'd be interested in Lime Rock, as just I, I can't imagine what it's like seeing a race there. It's just a bull ring. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I submitted before, and I'll, I'll put it on the record now. I would go back to Watkins Glen because the one day where we had good weather, it was beautiful. It was amazing. And the rest of the time was abject misery. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> but that might not be the track's fault. <laughs> I don't think it's the track's fault. <laughs> There's a lot of things there that were the track's fault. Right. True. But well, we've done a whole episode on that. The weather's it. not the yeah. weather's not one of them. So yeah, we could lime, lime rock, and they're both relatively somewhat equidistant from here. It's a uh, it's a not lime rock. Uh, lime rock's way past. We'd have to go. Past. If we go past Watkins Line to get to Lime Rock, I think. We'd probably almost have to fly to Lime Rock. That would be one. I don't think it's further than Canadian Tire. Oh, you might be right on that. I don't think that's that right. much further. Um, Especially the route we took. So, um, Lime Rock is an option. Watkins is an option. If we go west, we'd have to fly. We definitely would. And it's would. either Laguna Seca or Long Beach. Oh, Laguna Seca would be pretty sweet. Laguna Seca, Long Beach, you get a double header because you also get IndyCar in the same weekend. Yep. Mm. Um, but it's also Southern California. Yeah, I was gonna say that's where the heat is the devil. But they run it in like mar- end of March, early April. Yeah, it would probably be pretty nice. Yeah. Um, way nicer than here. Yeah. No shit. Um, so those you know we haven't been to Long Beach, we haven't been to Laguna Seca, we haven't been to Lime Rock. We haven't been to Daytona for the 24-hour, but that's coming up quick, and Andrew will not do a 24-hour race. Monterey? 
I mean, that's Laguna Seca. Good. I was double checking the name of the there track. There wouldn't be a point for you taking me to a 24 hour race. I'm only going to watch four hours of race. Right. <laughs> so any of the endurance races, really. The long ones. No, no, no. Watkins was six and you made it. That was fine. But um, yeah, I, I just I think for me, tire out. I think for me, the breaking point is being at or near a track for more than one day. <laughs> like, I had no problem at Road Atlanta, I had no problem at Sebring. Because that was like go early in the morning and then by nighttime you're done. Yeah, it's like a, it's a long work day. You know, <laughs> right? I mean that's not too bad, but having to figure out Daytona, like twenty four hours, like are we going to sleep like just in the seats? Are we going to leave overnight? Like I don't know about that. That's not that's not the kind of trip for me. All right, I'll do it on my own one year. <laughs> I think you may. Have. He might go with you. I might. Uh, I'll I have to figure it out. Might, but it'd basically be a separate trip. <laughs> like I would do so much of my own stuff <laughs> because you'd be at the track all day. Hey, nothing wrong with that. You'd probably hang out with them. I would kill myself before sitting in the bleachers all day. <laughs> um, all right. So let's just, we'll say Lime Rock. We'll say Laguna. Yeah. I think we got to consider Laguna. We'll say weather tech Laguna second. Never forget. We'll say a return trip to Watkins Glen. And why don't we put this up on a poll? Yeah. After this episode is released, and we'll see what the people think. Yeah, I'm interested to find out. Cause... Watkins Glen Redemption. And I think as a bonus, what we could pencil in, depending on funds for tickets, um, an easy shot, and I know Nick, you've been there, would be a weekend to do Belle Isle. Because that is also IMSA and IndyCar. Yep, IMSA, IndyCar, double, IMSA, IndyCar doubleheader, and like... Within easy sh- drive. And I've never done a street course before. Me neither. I think that merits some decent consideration. You, I forgot all about it. it. Shit, yeah. Let's I, let's say, I think that would practically not even count as like a separate. I mean, we could do three if and we if wanted to. It wouldn't to. bore you to go back to Belle Isle. I got lucky with really good weather. The, the generally don't expect that. <laughs> the site, the, the as a street course, it's flat. The sight lines aren't great. Are I'll not tell great. you right now. Yeah. Right. But... <clears throat> Excuse me. As far as a setting for a racetrack, when it's nice, that was, and it's weird because it's in Detroit, but it was <laughs> the most beautiful setting for a race I have ever been to. Okay, I mean that's a that's it, good. On in the middle of the river, you got Canada on one side, you got America on the other. You got this beautiful national park that your state mm. park, whatever it is that you're in, um, with a golf course and the big. Um, uh, Aquarium thing? There's aquarium animals, I think. That sounds yeah. pretty dope to yeah. me. Yeah. Um, it, and they've made a ton of renovations there. Like, since this, you know, this race weekend, they're kind of funds the rehabilitation of the park. Mm-hmm. So you have massive boat slips there. These huge yachts coming in. And, like, it's it's pretty cool. Come on. That sounds pretty sweet. Um, it'd be good to see. Yeah, so put let, that on the list. So we'll do Belle Isle, Lime Rock, Watkins Glen Return, or Laguna. Yep. We'll just do those four. I think that's perfect. And then we'll we'll put it up to the to the people. Yeah. The people must have their say. Absolutely. Awesome. I was With good. That, I like that. Let's uh, let's wrap it up, guys. Who are we thanking? Mm, I want to thank IMSA because, like you pointed out. No matter what it is, if it's happenstance, if it's the leadership, if it's you know construction of the teams, they seem to be more open to new stuff, bringing in more women drivers, women managers, trying new classes, trying to attract the most OEMs, all of this good stuff that makes for better racing. They're always pushing for screens and 
visitor entertainment and all of this stuff, it's it feels to me as someone who goes to these races that they just try more. And I'm happy to reward them with my money. There you go. I would like to thank, although not something I'm probably normally too prone to do, um, this uh, this beautiful country of ours for providing us with just a ridiculous array of possible racetracks. Yeah, you've got, got a bunch. You've, you've got racetracks that are, you know, giant ovals. You've got racetracks that rival or in some cases beat some of the great road courses of Europe. You've got great street courses. You've got some of these big, like, sweeping ones out in the desert. You've got mm-hmm. all sorts of different racetracks and... I think it's great that you can find the topology and the people and everything to support all these racetracks. It's an excellent opportunity for us and people who love motorsport. Well, it really feels like you're going to have a completely different experience at every track you go to. Yes. It's always even if, be even different. if you follow the same series. Oh, yeah. I mean, all of our experiences have been different. Way different. Good, bad, yes. or otherwise. Yeah. But um, I, I, I'm totally on board with that. Um, I want to thank IndyCar. For being the absolute best racing that nobody's heard about. <laughs> Outside of the Indy 500. It is like the, it is the best kept secret still in the world of motorsports. And um, hopefully I can get more people on the bandwagon with me. Including, my, sound... two, including my two co-hosts. You made a good pitch. You did. Um, and also, as always, thanks to the listeners for tuning in. Um, Keep in mind what we were talking about here as we go into the next racing season. Let us know what you think is going to happen in 2019 motorsports. Let us know what you think we should watch out for. Um, Reach out to us on the socials. We can't wait to talk to you again. Take care of yourselves. Good night. Bye.